Welcome to the Breaks Radio. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Breaks Radio. I am one of your hosts, CEO Hayes, and I'm joined by the illustrious panel of the hip hop heads in the building. We got first, up first, I should say, Miss Mary Almonte. What's going on, lady? What's up, everybody? <laughs> we also got Mr. BTG Baylor the Great. BTG. Hi. <laughs> and then the red wine connoisseur himself, Marquis, here. And they got Thaw. <laughs> it's been it, it, it doesn't sound like real close to In the Ghetto. In the Ghetto, you know. I'm sorry, that's my little. <laughs> I mean, they stole everything else, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, but we we got we got a new regime in building. This was originally going to be the last topic before something else came up, but I forgot. Let's just jump right into it. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris got inaugurated today. Uh, thank God, Donald Trump was nowhere to be found. Pence, Pence showed up. Uh, but what did you guys think of the inauguration overall? I loved it. It left me feeling so uplifted and invigorated. I'm wearing my phenomenal phenomenally black shirt today which is i don't know if everyone is aware but the phenomenal line was created by kamala's niece mina harris so shout out to her um it was great i mean amanda gorman yo like her her poem was just man listen i mean it gave me life um i mean gaga you know Gaga's one of my favorite people. We've never really talked about that. But, you know, I, her her rendition of the Star Spangled Banner or the National Anthem um, gave me, like, Bette Midler vibes. I don't know if, you know, now I'm dating myself. But, um, I mean, you know, every Biden's speech was great. He got through it without stuttering. He actually seemed like he was truly confident. And it was like he was kind of a new man, like the man we need him to be. Um, I mean, the highlight, though, besides Amanda Gorman's poems, poem, it was just everything for me. Um, but the highlight was the fashion. All right. Can we talk about the jewel toned women there? I mean, from Kamala's, uh, I don't know, violet colored dress and coat to, um, you know, Dr. Jill Biden and her teal colored outfit. Like they all it seemed like the group chat said, let's all wear jewel tones today. And. I don't know. There's two real things that I have to say were like the real, real, real highlights for me. And that was <laughs> Michelle Obama. She did not have to do them like that today. Man, it listen. was not her day. It's, it's, that's <laughs> like somebody somebody outdressing the bride at a wedding. Like, you just exactly. don't do that. But go ahead. Keep yes. going. I mean, she looked um, like she had laid and, and cinched trending on Twitter. Okay? Like, that cranberry color is about to go everywhere. The high-waisted freaking pantsuit with the turtleneck and the voluminous hair, like, it truly is like two snaps, for real. Um, and then the the only low point for me was J-Lo singing. Like, and I saw that you tweeted earlier, Hayes, like, I think we should all agree to just stop using <laughs> Stop hiring J-Lo, J-Lo for anything, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I was trying... She didn't ruin any notes, but they created some very weird, interesting notes for her with her medley of American Pride songs. I don't know. It was it didn't work for me. But, you know, I was here for her look as well. I mean, she had her little BX half up, half down with the hoops 
and her christening white. <laughs> so, you know, again, me being a chick, I was like, okay, I get that part of it. But I mean, everybody looks fabulous, but yeah, we could have done without that little medley. And I felt like we needed Jennifer Hudson or I don't know. I mean, I know this is like an unpopular opinion probably. And yes, I agree. Representation matters, but I do feel like in light of all that's going on and has gone on in like the past year, I, this, I'm just going to say it. I think we needed somebody black. <laughs> <laughs> this may sound whatever wrong, but I, I think that someone else could have done it justice who actually could sing. You know what I mean? Like take us to church, to church. Mm -hmm. Jesus. <laughs> that that was my synopsis. But right. Amanda Gorman's poem, y'all. If, oh, if yeah. you guys cannot hear it, go I'll look be, that up. I may end this podcast with that poem because I think that's just something that everybody needs to hear again because that shit was powerful as, as hell. Um so there you go. Well that's what we're ending the show with. No music this week. We'll end it with that poem. Barely, what did you think? Uh, I was in and out of it because uh, most of it I was on the road, on the work. But uh, I was here for the Bernie Sanders memes, though. <laughs> he did. He definitely did uh, take off. That was funny. Uh, and it was just, you know, I could sense, you know, being on Twitter and other social media platforms, you could tell like it was just a different type of, um, I don't know, just a different type of vibe. A lot of people were a little bit more happier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um and, and and you know, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Pence is like you, you. It's like you don't want to take your hat off to him, but he's like you got to respect that he respected what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So um, outside of that, like yeah, it, that shit was very colorful. I would say, literally. <laughs> <laughs> My I, straight up, um, the fact that that man left the office, um, that started it for me, and. There was no time to waste, and I appreciated that. It's We celebrated. We appreciated everyone, got together. It was not a moment of kumbaya, but he went right to work. The Paris Agreement is, re, is re-signed. He basically put back things that Obama had in place, World, World Health, Organ, Health Organization, things like that. I thought, day one, we got to get shit started, and it's day one, and he got shit started, and he's still doing shit. So for me, that's the most important. And then the question is always asked, we got it. What do we do next? And we need to do something with it because we got the House and the Senate. So shit needs to happen and we need to keep it as long as possible. So I think, um, and I said this before, I don't trust any person who's been in politics longer than they've been, you know, a human being. But he has relationships with Mitch. He has positive relationships, especially with the foreign nationals. Um, and the plans that he have. I believe they will work, especially the first two years and we need to ta tackle the pandemic and go after, you know, um, uh, building our economy again and the stimulus package, getting money in people's pockets. Um, we'll build from there, but the infrastructure has to start. And I think he's the perfect person. If you want to say middleman, management, whatever it is, I think he's the perfect person to be in place to make this happen. And the fact that he started right away, I appreciate that. It, it's it's a different vibe now. If if that continues, that remains to be seen. Um, but you definitely get the genuine feeling that Biden really does want to reconnect this country and get us as close to the same page as he as he can possibly do. We'll never be um, all on the same page, but he does want to rebuild and reestablish this country back to what it was. And it sucks that you know, uh, and I said this on my solo podcast, like 
at least, if not all four years, the first two years of Biden's presidency is just going to be re- repairing what Agent Orange did the, the time he was in office. That's just period. Yeah. Um, that's true. And that that's being like really, really conservative with that with that bet, because not only the faith of people in this country and our government has completely cracked, uh, but the our, our partners in other nations like we looked at it as a joke now. So to repair that is going mm-hmm. to take a lot of time. So, yeah, the, to be honest, but it's like the rest of the world was waiting for Trump to lose. So real management can come can step in. Mm-hmm. So everyone knows what's about to happen. It's just now. The blueprint is laid out. He just can't fuck it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the vaccine, if he disperses, uh, I, I, I guess the goal is 100,000 um, uh, uh, vaccines per day, a really high goal. But there is help. Um, I know Amazon said that they would step in and help distribute a lot of that, um, help build out a plan to, to distribute the vaccine to elderly, then go down to layers, you know, healthcare workers, stuff like that from age 65 down to 50. Mm-hmm. It's an aggressive plan. Um, but if it happens again, that's, that's step one. We're tackling the, 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 the virus and the expectation is by September, then we'll start to see change. We'll see, you know, people possibly going back to work, you know, schools reopening and everything. And for me, that's one of the biggest challenges because remote learning is impossible. I don't care what anybody say, unless you developed a pod where you have teachers actually teaching these kids in this, this, this environment where it's conducive to learning. Anyone learning, learning remotely, especially these teachers, really don't know what they're doing. This is a really, really hard um, and prob- problematic for, for our children. So I have seven and 11-year-old. The shit I'm going through with them and still doing the shit I have to do, I know there's going to be some steps that are missed. So the sooner we get back, um, the sooner we, we get back to where we need to be, I think it'll um, the, you'll see the growth forward. But I, like, as far as the foreign powers and people outside of the, the, the world, they were waiting for this. They were hoping that this happened. And it did. But you have your Richard Spencers. You have your people that are behind the scenes that are still going to try to push their agendas. And the 140 pardons and shit, like, this shit's going to happen. We know that. But we just got to be positive and focus. And, and again, I know one. this is one of the things Mary said is um, focus on our local government. Um, it's all great to get this in power, but we do need to focus on our local government, our Senate, our state, and actually create change. So... That's what I what I envision. That's what I hope. Look at Marquise. I'm, I, I, I'm gonna have, no. You gonna have to write. You gonna have to write that shit for me. <laughs> hey, I don't know if I told y'all, but I was actually in the Capitol in 2000. What was it 2009? I was inside the Capitol, and I forgot all about that shit. And I mean, they you gave us. T- <laughs> no, I actually went on the gummies back then, but no, I, I think the reason why I forgot was because. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, and still to this day, I wouldn't really into politics like that. So, uh, when we went to the Capitol, it was a, uh, it was kind of like a tour thing with my church and it was, it was real brief, but it didn't, it didn't kick in at that time though. You know what I mean? Like it, I didn't understand how important it was to the cap, how important that visit was at the time. But when they started showing the Capitol after it got ransacked, and I'm starting to see uh, familiar places inside. I'm like, oh yeah, I did visit that. Mm. Yeah, I've been, I've been. DC is one of my favorite cities. I've been in the capital a couple times, but um, I just, I'm just glad. Like, right? It's just, it's just refreshing that we're going into a new era, and we'll just see how it goes. But like I, like I've said many times, we still need to hold 
Biden and Kamala very accountable and not not mm-hmm. rest on the fact that they're different, very different than what we've had before. We still need to see the work done uh, to Marquise's point. We got everything. Everything's in line to finally have some serious change. And we need that to happen. Yep. Did that did that ice cube melt? Because I ain't heard from it since. Was that plan at? Yeah. Just ask him. Just for a friend. My bad. We're going to go ahead and move on uh, back into this topic list. So as we all know, Dr. Dre had a brain aneurysm. He was released from the hospital. He has since released a picture of him in the studio with all the usual suspects, DOC, um, amongst others. And the caption of that was Detox 21. God damn it. Did we finally get Detox? What do you guys think, Marquis? I'm coming to you first. I honestly don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Compton Part 3. I mean, it, with the guests all stars, depending on the production, you really can't say you fucked it up. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to be some dope songs. You're going to have your Kendrick, Schoolboy Q, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence with it. I really don't care. I've been waiting for this album for like 42, since slavery. Like, seriously. We're, um, whatever. We we pass detox now. Like we have rehab facilities and <laughs> shit now. You know, sponsorship jobs or something. I don't know, but mm, whatever. <laughs> I need to be the negative one on this one, but yeah, I'm again. It's like you know what it is. You know, I'm gonna say this. Waiting for this album is like waiting for Jesus to come. It ain't happening. It just ain't happening. So. Well, 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 I will say this: we need both. I think it's happening. I I really do think it's happening. Go ahead, uh, though, Baylor. Don't let me step on you. You said we need both. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need both. Um. I'm not gonna say I'm a, I'm a lose sleep over it, but when I when we did get the news about you know what was going on, uh, then finding out he was all right, mm-hmm. now I need it. You know what I mean? Because I wouldn't want him to go out on that note, and he he knows just as well as everybody else that project means a lot for the culture, and so you know we can get that up out of him. Yeah, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But um. Yeah, I'm my 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 total my total stance on it changed once we got that scare. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, I'm I'm I I need that now. I need that. I mean, it really seems like the like the brain aneurysm scare maybe woke woke Doctor Dre for a couple of things because he, he it, while he was still in the hospital, he decided to give his ex wife what she had been what they've been battling in court for, and it seems like he's ready to give us what we've been waiting for and that's detox for a while so i mean and i don't like to make i don't mean to make light of it but seriously things like that put put people in a different mind space in a different perspective and maybe uh-huh. maybe it didn't make him want to work like he said it before he lost his inspiration around detox like that's why compton came out instead of detox because he got inspiration again from the movie um uh-huh. so maybe this maybe this is is the time mary what do you think um I think it's going to happen, but I'm kind of with Baylor on it where I'm not losing sleep. I'm not anticipating it when it comes out. Yeah. That'll be another one of the albums that you will be forcing me to review. <laughs> so that's that. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, I do understand. I totally understand him about losing inspiration because I look every so often. I, I'm like, yo, I'm done with podcasting, bro. You know what I mean? Like completely. You know what I mean? That's, you know, because of something personal or, you know, my schedule is getting too stacked or just thinking about more important things like family. So we never really understand what's going on, going on behind closed doors with Dre. That nigga doesn't let out any information. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I kind of understand that. But again, like you just said, 
you know, certain things happen to you and it kind of, it kind of wakes you up. So again, I'm not going to sit up there and get my hopes up for it, but if he announces that we're going to get it, I'm not going to act like I'm not excited, you know? He, he does actually give away shit with like with beats. Tyrese gave that out because he gave it to Tyrese. That announcement, Apple was pissed. So that's one. I'll say this. Um, okay. I, I, I love that reference. B. Came close to, because I had COVID and temperature went to 104, actually faced that, you know, the possibility of it. And I don't have a fear of death. It does put things in perspective. But I didn't come out with, I have a new lease on life. I think what helped me was the people I had around me, well, certain people I had around me. And like Mary, for instance, there's more of an, an inspiration that she pushes me to always move towards my passion, my drive, things that I need to do and focus on what's more important. You know, and aside from your kids, your kids are promised to you. You're always going to be there for your kids. But at the end of the day, when your kids grow up, what do you want? What do you want to do? What's going to make you happy? What do you dream about? You know, I think if that's what he wants to give us, um, I got to finish this piece for the culture, then I get that. I hope it doesn't suck, though. You know what I mean? Like, if it sucks and that's the last piece you give us, this whole conversation is null and void. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going down a deep, dark psychological path, basically sharing my pain. But if this motherfucker album don't is not five mics, then I'm going to be livid. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, see, and I think I'm past the point of, like, at this point, I just want to see what it's going to be. Like, even if it's whack, then all right, whatever. It, it, it is what it is at this point. But I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe just name it something different. <laughs> but then we're going to go back to that last conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's move into the next topic. Meek Mill uh, says that uh, it, the, everything you got to go through from music is getting weak. He's going to start dropping music. No promo, no nothing. He's just going to be dropping music. Is Meek Mill really the person to, to do that? I was going to say, <laughs> say <laughs> like, sorry, you can't just drop that and everyone's going to, but yeah, oh, man. appreciate him though. <laughs> God. Irrational confidence about, like, 101. To set the bar or something like, nigga, ain't nobody about to run out and we're going to sit your yeah. weird ass down. You got clubhouse problems right now, bro. Oh, shit. If he would have said, I'm releasing albums with Jay or singles with, you know, or with Kendrick, I'm bringing out new music with artists and I'm collaborating, I'm bringing some, then that'd have been a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Your last project, bro. Are we waiting for something like that again? Nah, I'm good. Drink for the one. But the, the thing <laughs> is, it's like just, it could have been a sweep, though. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, just, just do it, my nigga. Stop talking. God damn! First you talk about your fingers. Don't talk about not talking talk. about dropping music. That's basically what he did. Uh, how does that make sense of it, me? Oh I man, know. that's like those people. That's like in two days, I'm deleting my social media. It's like okay, you just delete it, bro. You go. Right. Actually, right. I got a curiosity. Has there ever been a classic Meek album? Just a classic? No. You couldn't ask me because I'm not a Meek fan, but I. I I don't know. I mean, I think out of all of his albums, probably Championships is the closest to classic, but I think really? it's a, Yeah. Wow. Mm. I mean, I, I don't think it's legendary, but I'm just saying, if we're looking at his whole discography here, then... Well, you know it's not legendary because we will be going down the tracks right now. 
You know, the crazy thing is, though, when Meek first came out, I actually really had high hopes for him and actually felt like he was he was a real representative of the culture at a time when the culture was fading. And I don't know what happened. He, he, got decided, he, calling he, people he, fell, he fell in love with Nicki Minaj and it's been downhill since then. Don't do that, Hayes. Yeah. Let that man be in love, bro. I'm Let just saying, bro. Nicki Minaj may be the new Erica Badu when it comes to niggas' raps careers, bro. No, she needs to be in love, nigga. I can't say she needs to do it for Nas. Mm. We didn't even know they was fucking, though. Like, for real. Like, it was after the fact. Well, but oh, no, no. We know they were fucking. Now I'm talking about during. Like, was he even dropping music when they was fucking? He knew better. Yeah, nigga, he was like, you know hey, what? I'm well, good. Well, <laughs> we, we know, we know if, this, if this is even possible, now it's got better. Yeah, after well, he got I done with her. Well, what about Safari? I feel I like, better. I don't know. He's had more no, hits since, and, since he got done and, with her than when he's and, with her. And, right. In other yeah. words, after after Nikki, let's just say he, he got better beats. Yeah, Safari Safari got better. Afterwards too. He also left so far, that he also left there with a new hairline. That should have do shit for people. You ever seen a nigga uh, after they get a new hairline and their confidence is on ten? That's a fact. I cannot. LeBron was killing him for a minute, boy. Boy. Th- and that's how you know LeBron's hairline is the all time worst. Like you've never seen somebody with a hairline replacement that then the hairline replacement leaves too. Like what what hey, you got to chill. You got to. You got to. What you, what you own today, Hayes? What you own today? Bro, I get it. He's a Laker now. But if you say anything less than LeBron has the worst hairline of all time, bro, I know you capping. Like, that's just period, man. I can't help him. <laughs> I can't help him. Shout out to Meek, though. Like, if you're going to talk that, if you're going to talk, but without talking, but still talk, that shit better be fire. Hold up. Wait a minute. Yeah, I thought I was finished. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kendrick Lamar, uh, last year, uh, he announced the PG Lang uh, company. We still don't know what the fuck it is, but apparently they are starting a partnership with Calvin Klein. Seems like at this point it's going to be maybe an ad campaign with some music. Like, it's still kind of unknown. But what do you think about this news venture? Kendrick first, like, solidified venture outside of just music. Do, did you guys see it? hooking up with Calvin Klein is it could be possibly huge what do you guys think I mean I'd love for him to provide some music for ads but I definitely don't want to see him in any Calvin's I mean (laughs) (laughs) I think it's actually pretty smart what he looked like what it looks like he's doing is um each I think there's eight um promos and they're featuring different rappers Mm -hmm. so it's a good promo for those rappers I'll give them credit for that if that's what it is it's shining, um, you know, a behind the scenes day in the life um, of these particular artists. Some of the beats, some of the lyrics, their process. If that's what it is to expand the artists, it's clever. Because I, I, I honestly, I don't know what it is, but that's what it appears to be, and that's the perspective you're taking. And like Mary said, doing it with Calvin Klein is a very interesting take um, direction to go in. I'm intrigued why that relationship exists and why he didn't go in any other direction other than Calvin Klein, because I'm pretty sure Calvin Klein wanted to be relevant amongst us, um, aside because I think the last relevant place he was on was Marky Mark's underwear. But other than that, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Let's see. That's my take on it. All right, Bailey? It's a business deal outside of hip-hop, just like with Cardi, just like with Nas. Anything they do outside of their craft, I'm with it. I think I'm going to more. 
It doesn't matter to me, shit. I mean, <laughs> as if, long as... in this case, I think it benefits the artists more that are part of it. When it comes to him, when it comes to him, I would say it would it, would, it really wouldn't matter because no, we just Kendrick. really waiting on his music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. at this point, I think and like Kendrick, the, Kendrick isn't a fashion icon. He's not like a super big. Um, civil rights person like activists or anything like that Kendrick is just about the music so I don't see anything like this is more Kendrick letting his popularity with his music giving the rub to other people especially if he is dropping an album as to be expect that that's been suspected but I don't think this helps Kendrick any for other than monetarily yeah so. probably yeah this is like Gap and Kanye there's a buzz there obviously it died but the pairing is odd. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with it? So, and then, like I said, based on everything I've seen, the, the three videos that I've seen were, was more of an introduction or promotion of certain artists. But we'll see. Yeah, that's it. That's the last thing uh, on this segment. Uh, Drake has passed 50 billion Spotify streams, the highest that any other rapper reached. I'm going to take this one away first. I I get that this is a record and it's a it's a big deal. But this is one of those newfound records that it, it's generational. Who knows what what Jay would have streamed if his whole career was on Spotify or even Tupac and Big or fucking Little John. Like, can, you can't tell me that Little John wouldn't pass like more than 50 million streams considering how big Little John and the Eastside Boys were at one point. So I get it. It's a record. It is a milestone. He's the first to do it. But it's one of those things that is just like, all right, it's, it's of the generation. What do you guys think about it? Exactly what you just said. But yeah. shout out to him, though. I mean, yeah. look, like, like you just said, we know Drake is Drake, man. <laughs> At this point, it's like you gonna turn on Sports Center, that nigga name gonna be on there. He the first to do this. He was the first to do that. So uh, salute to him. That's dope. And you got to give me something better than Scorpion. I said it. I said that. I said that, Drake. You got to give me something better than that. But salute to him. Right. Who had a longer run than Drake with singles? I don't, again, we're talking, I get it, you know, Beatles and everything like that. As far as hip-hop, as far as pop, all the album, every album he's dropped, every single hit the charts. I mean, we think about all the other artists that came out. Even um, BTS, like the, the Asian band, the Korean band. Mm-hmm. All those artists, Lady Gaga, everyone at their peak or, or wherever they are now, Drake has been doing it for longer than 10 years. Again, I'm not a, a huge, I'm not a fan, but he drops song after song, and all of his songs remain on the charts. So I can see why that happens strategically. Like, what year didn't he drop an, a song, uh, an album, or a mixtape, or singles galore? You know what I mean? So I can see it. And then with that, that, um, that challenge, the Kiki, you know, there was so much content created based off of his songs alone. I understand why. I'm not knocking it. I got to give it to him. Um, and this goes back to that conversation we had before. Is he the greatest rapper of all time? Because he crossed both genres. I would no longer pop, I would no pop artists. You can't, yeah, the, the not, pop artists of all time? That, but think about this. Bro, you also, look, look how many people's careers, he attention he brought to people. You know what I mean? I'm not, look, I, I, I hate that our culture has been watered down because of this, but... I gotta give him credit. Like the you can't make thing. the argument. You can't make that argument and say that the culture is watered down, bro. I'm not saying this is a good thing. I'm not saying this is a good thing. I'm just saying I, I, this is what happened. Ten, he had a ten year reign, straight up. Every year from 2009 to through 2020, every year, single after single, banger. Well, I'm, whatever. It cross R and B, cross pop. Um, you know, he genre, culture, whatever the fuck you want to call it. What R and B? 
I mean, Listen, the song is R&B-ish. That, okay, that is true, but I think it does tie back into what Hayes said, where it is generational because our greats, so to speak, didn't, technology wasn't what it is today for them to provide that consistency and for them to go that viral. And also hip hop was in a different place back in the day than it is now. So there, there's a lot of factors here to be considered, but I would never, ever, never, ever vote for Drake as the best artist I, of I, all time. I never said I that. Never I, said that. Never said that. I, never okay. said that. I said the best, the best rapper. No. And I was no. behind Jay. Here's why. No. <laughs> no. Let's move on. It's, so this is one. Of, this is one. Of, this is one of those points you're trying to make, Marquis. And we ain't having it, bro. I don't think. I, I, <laughs> we, we not having it. <laughs> All right, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna drop it. I'm gonna drop it. We'll have we'll have this conversation another time because I know I know Drake's gonna come up again. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna head into our first break. When we come back, we have new music and some TV and film news to talk about. We'll be right back after this. Being a mom is probably the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. I have my own company, but I'm a mom first. A young urban mom, it's not an experience like any other. When you're young, you're growing with your kid. You're growing into that identity. Developing and creating a community of moms that are basically sharing information with one another so that we can be stronger moms. Perfect imperfection, beautiful chaos, doing the best you can every day, falling down nine times but getting up ten. As long as you are led by love, you kind of can't lose. Moms coming together to share information so that we can be great parents for our, our children. Us being the change we wanted to see in the world. Yum came into existence. All right, y'all, we got two albums to review this week. We got Jas- Jasmine Sullivan Hotels and Nana Save Yourself, which was a request from Marquis and Baylor. Which one do you guys want to review first? Uh, let's go with the queen. Let's go with the queen. Hotels. Hotels. Uh, Mary, go ahead, take it away. It was great. <laughs> I'm still listening to it. It was everything. Um, I mean, the features were minimal, but I thought they were perfect with what Anderson Pac, her, Ari Lennox. I mean, oh my goodness. And the way that she would intro a lot of the songs kind of gave me Lauren Hill, Miseducation of Lauren mm, Hill vibes. Okay. Um, I thought it was genius. I thought it was really, it felt like she was pulling from her, um, like an alter ego, her whole alter ego, and really showing how the mentality of hoes in this generation. Like, I forgot what song specifically, I forgot what it was called, but there was one where it was literally like, she gave the whole, whole game plan. Like, I'm going to meet a baller, Uh he's going to get me a new booty, (laughs) I'm going to have two kids with him through a surrogate, you know what I mean? I'm going to work on my fitness and post about it, and that's going to be my life. Like, it it was dope. Other side, right? Was it other side? Yes, other side. That was it. Yes. I thought it was great. I really thought it was everything. Production <laughs> was on point. I really have nothing bad to say, no complaints. It's going to be on repeat for me for a little while. You know the sad part about that, though? If you knew a chick like that, I know chicks like that. that. I know <laughs> chicks like that. So. By the way, you're just Spice co host. When I come to visit New York, I need you to introduce me, by the way. Just, <laughs> Which one? All of them? <laughs> you, I'm gonna let you pick. You know me. I'm gonna let you pick for me. Okay. I'll see what you're gonna do for me. 
I, I think I know who, but yeah. How do you know I'm talking? What made you think wow. of them? <laughs> that oh no, weird. no, I've been I've been meaning to text you that for like three, four days. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, so wait, uh, here's a, here's a great time to do it. We're talking about music, tell, right? Tell tell, tell oh, them I, in particular. Um, <laughs> Don't let them see this episode. <laughs> well, the crazy thing is, last night we recorded, and one of our topics was, what is the definition of a hoe? <laughs> so. This nigga, hey, literally just, he, he literally shot his shot <laughs> doing a job interview. I like, <laughs> he, he threw a bazooka in an anthill. We, we talking about Biden, yeah. So, by the way, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know we got a new president and all, but uh, <laughs> your friends. <laughs> I like it though. I, hey, look, listen, the topic. I like that shot though. Can we talk about that shot? I'm gonna be Moving me from the every day. Uh, no stretching. Uh, Leave them Asians alone, Mark. Listen, the, a- the Asians at this point are only here to service the PlayStation in case it goes down. That's it. I'm, I'm not a part of this. Not a part of this. I, I cannot. <laughs> The Asian wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus, man! Oh, Whew, I'm gonna get fucking canceled. We're, we're um, not gonna be, we're not gonna be airing. Get, get, get back. Technology gonna be fucked up. <laughs> we're done, dude. <laughs> Your shit is done. Let me just get my. I'm just gonna get this out of the way. Look, the album was beautiful. My favorite track was with Anderson Pack, and uh, that's been on repeat. That particular song in general. And that's it. I, it. It seemed like she just took her time with crafting this album. Like she literally took her time. Like at the war, at, yeah. Like she, I, but you see what she got—a fucking diamond. Yeah. I'm gonna say this: <clears throat> you give me the pussy, it's my pussy. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, it's my pussy. She said, "You giving away pussy? It's you giving. That's her pussy. That's the pussy that you're giving away." That's a really terrible thing to say. I no, I'm just saying. I think need, we need to shut your mic off tonight. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm with Jasmine. That's all. No. If it's given to me, trust me, I'm not a possessive dude. That's like the definition of possessive. <laughs> no, did you hear what I just said? You're just going to want to keep giving it to me. That's all I'm saying. Right, but it doesn't mean just you. It could be. Oh, I, that's I her point. It's mine. Oh damn! While you're there, sure. Possessive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the I'm the least possessive person, but I thought the album was actually pretty goddamn good. I love this moment in time. Um, again, we're, we're we're capitalizing on women and their bodies and their feminine and their agency and everything. But she took it, ran with it, and said, "You know what? Let me tell you a motherfucking tale. The tales of the hoe." And you know what? I appreciate that hoe. Tale. Motel holiday and sorry. Okay, I'm good. I give I give it four and a half out of five, straight up. I mean, the, all jokes before the jokes. You said it, uh, you guys said that it seemed like she took her time to craft this album, and this is this is why the new model of like trying to have an album out every year to year and a half. While I, I think like some people don't work best in that. Like she took her time with this album. Felt like it was it, it had a goal. It was intentional. Every song on there, even though there's some that I don't like as much as others, they fit in. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, as, as great as this album is, 32 minutes, I think, from start to finish, which 
you that's in and out like that is in and out to to get a whole album in there and for nothing really to be a, a huge hold where it's a skippable um anderson the track with anderson pack i like a lot but also uh the track with her her oh yeah other side dope the poem or the 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 confession about the woman mm-hmm. yes. that she's in love with that she cheated that on was, that was powerful that was powerful to admit that, to talk about that, to share that. Like, that's deep. But yeah, I, I appreciated this album. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, just start to finish. We needed a a, a really great R and B album, and this is very close to that. Glad that we got this to start off the year. Um, set the bar high for R and B. Like, if this is what we have getting coming out, firing out the gates. The bar is set very high. Very yeah. fucking high. Are we, are we keeping track of these? So when we compare them at the end of the year, we can say I have. these are the albums that were... Okay, so I, I started a list for a, a year-end awards, and I'm putting albums in as they come out and taking them off as they fall off. So, yeah, this has already been put in. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, the great album. Great album. Let's move on mm. to the next topic and the next album that we have to review today. This one is Nana Save Yourself. Uh, Baylor, I'm coming to you first on this one. What do you think about this album? Gave me mad, mad city good kid vibes. Mm. I feel like I feel mm. like this album should have came out around the same time because if you listen, if you listen from the first track all the way to the last track, he's pretty much it's not so much of a story that was told through the whole album of Mad City, but he's telling you stories about his life within the city. So he describes LA and his what he went through. I can under, I can relate to. You know what I mean? I remember going to the mall and being impressed by niggas. You know what I mean? And wondering, like, where my homies is at. You know what I mean? And, you know, having issues with paying rent or bills and stuff like that. Back in the college days where you had to come up with your rent money and shit like that, like, and the and the beat selection was nice. Like, uh, it was real. I don't want, it was real L.A., but it was, it was, it was really on, like, some, really, like, on some Kendrick shit. And, I, and I'm not going to say I'm not, and I'm surprised because I don't think anybody knows about him to the point where I hit anybody that I listen to, whether they've been out for a while or whether they knew, I'll hit them up on Twitter and I'll say thank you. You know what I mean? Like, thank you for this album. And he hit me back. You know what I mean? So, and, and so the thing is, I know some years from now, he's probably still remembering me, but I'm not going to get that. I might not get that reply. You know what I mean? So I just tell him right now before he even take off, like, and he and, and and the album itself is saying like this album's got to save me. So that's deep. That and this, I, the story that you just told is very similar to when Reasons' first project dropped, not the one that came out last year, but the one that came out like a year and a half before then. I talked about it and posted a video of it, and he responded to it, mm, and that's just crazy. Yeah. It blew yeah. my fucking mind. He hit me in the DM like, "Hey, I just I listened to the podcast. I'm I'm I wanted to say thank you. The shit blew my fucking mind." Um, and like you said, right. now you wouldn't get that, but that that you know that's a story that you'll never forget. Um, but go ahead, uh, Mary. What do you think about the album? I liked it. I felt like it was actually refreshing to to listen to some real hip hop again. I definitely appreciated the storytelling. That L A Times joint was yeah. dope. I actually added that to my playlist. So um, yeah, thank you, Baylor, for putting us on because I really appreciated this. Oh God. I'm just wondering. Are people look? I mean, you're in LA, so obviously I wouldn't know this. So I'm asking: Are people kind of looking to him to sort of fill the void that Nipsey's left? 
No, and and see that's the thing because he's he's young, but the L.A. scene is is different because there's a lot of artists in which I really don't know of, but I know the type of music that they make, and it's not this. So okay. you know that you know they're not going to grasp onto this before they grasp onto something else. They'll be able to relate to it because whatever <clears throat> what he's talking about, they go through on a daily basis. But the the how it sounds. That's not the sound of today. That's why I said if this would have came out, this could have came. This could have came out around the Mad City drop. You know what I mean? It would have made sense, or it would have been more appealing. Uh, but I just hope he sticks to his, his his true colors, and 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 give us bars like that because that was refreshing. And I found that, and that that dropped out of nowhere. And I love the the fact that the cover is a nod to Big L's debut album. Anybody else pick mm-hmm. up on that? Dope. Yeah. Um, That's dope. Uh, and Rest in peace, Big L. Yeah, definitely. This this album was like every now and then you get a gym, right? And that's for me, it was um JID. I remember the first time I ever listened to the JID project. I had never heard him before, and it was refreshing to me. And that's what this is. Like listening to this album, not knowing anything about him as an artist, as a person, or anything, this being my introduction to him and the project being this cohesive. This is the uh, level of polish that you expect from people who have big machines and who've been in the game for a few years. And to come out the gate like this, if if this doesn't get him any notice and set the bar high for whatever he does next, I don't know what else will because I can it, this is I can't think of a debut that's been this smooth in quite a while. So yeah. Even even if you want to go to Kendrick and say Good Kid, Mad City, that wasn't his debut. He had Section Eighty before that, and that was that wasn't as polished. As I think that's a great album as well. But like, I just I can't remember the last time I got a debut album from somebody that I listened to it and listened to the whole album front to back a couple of times and thought, listen, this was painted beautifully, beautifully. What did you think, uh, Marquis? Um, <clears throat> so Baylor, seriously, shout out when you sent that single. I was like, you know, I'm taking my dog for a walk. And I was like, let me, let me listen to it. And I got, I got to say this. People send me shit. I really don't listen to it. I have the respect to, to listen to what you may recommend. So I pressed play. And the song was dope. I was like, I got to listen to this fucking album. And again, you, you pointed out, this does remind you of Good Kid. To me, though, it feels like an opposing view of Kendrick's. Like, Kendrick isn't the one jumping or murdering somebody like that. He's the one who got jumped and telling you a story. Uh-huh. He seems like, yo, I'm just gonna hold it down because I might have to murk somebody. But where's my crew at? Like he's more into what's about to happen versus Kendrick. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna tell you the story from the perspective of right next to the person who shot somebody. Um, it was poetry. Um, every every bar, every line, there was a meaning behind it. It was in wasted space. You know, the timing, the production, and it isn't that it was L.A. I did feel a little 2000 New York. Um, um, sound a little bit in there, a little that boom bap. Yeah, boom bap. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's why I appreciated that. It's like an ode to hip hop, which again, the appreciation of Big L. You can see that. Um, here's my fear, and we hear Jack Harlow, and if I compare these two albums, this one will relate to us more. But which one will get more play, and why? Mm. And I hate that fact that this album might get buried because of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. This is shit that we need. This is the what the culture needs because this is the direction we need to go in. It's not just about I want to shoot a nigga. I have to survive. I got to pay rent. I got to make shit happen because there's no alternative here. And that's what I appreciate about this album. And I, we need more of this, but we also need more light shine upon content like this. Mm-hmm. So when we have 
Jack Harlow with a black leg on an album cover and everybody's discussing that, but no one's discussing this, that's what bothers me. There's my real problem. I feel that. That's it. I mean, I don't think anything left to be said on that. If you guys, I, I, and I doubt it, many people who listen to this podcast have probably heard this album. If we don't do nothing else, the two albums that we reviewed this week, y'all need to listen to both of them. But for my true hip-hop heads, this album, Nah Nah, uh, Save Yourself, is fucking amazing. So. And, Hayes, and Hayes, we got we got 11 more months to go. And I'm telling you, you just said with hotels, it set the bar. Mm-hmm. This set the bar for me, and I can and I can and I can tell you this as a home as a homer being biased. Hell yeah, I'm gonna have it up there. Is he gonna win? No. <laughs> I well, why know. not? Why not? For the re- what you just said, you just dropped the mic on it. That's that's the sad part. I hate that, man. I hate that. I wouldn't even be mad if, like, yo, you lost to you lost to Detox or you lost to an album that we didn't know was coming out with Kendrick, Kendrick. or something yeah. like that. You gonna lose that one, but yeah, I mean, come on, man. We know what it is. As of right now, though, I did add it to the list of of hip hop albums of the year for the end of the year. We'll see if it stays there. More than likely, no. It's it's the beginning of the year, but I mean, I can I can honestly say this is gonna be an album that I can see myself arguing to stay on the list towards the end of the year, unless we get hit with some with with some crazy fucking shit that just blows it out the water but i can see myself making the making the argument as of right now for the compared to last what was on the list last year we had some great shit last year right Mm -hmm. that was on the list but honestly going back and you guys know i championed uh shea noir and apollo brown's album this will replace that on the list for for me last year whoa that's huge that was a good hey but both of those go hand in hand don't they they do they do okay so Really quick question, Bailey. Do you know who you know? Hyro the hero. Hyro the hero. Hyler the hero. Hyro the hero. It's it's almost like a modern age Rage Against the Machine. He's based out of California. No, it's um. I'll send it to you. Um, I I found him by accident too. Same thing. I hit him up like, yo, your shit is crazy. It's modern day Rage Against the Machine. It's hip hop with a lot of rock um alternative, Uh but he's killing it. So I'll send that. You put that in. I'll send that to you. All right. Well, let's go ahead. Moving to TV and film. So we have one. Uh, no, we have actually have two things. But the first one, Tessa Thompson is launching a production comp- company, and it uh, has a first look deal with HBO. Um, and Tessa Thompson, somebody who's been working progressively more and more behind the scenes, uh, as far as like not being in front of the camera. What do you think about out the gate? Her first deal with her company is called Viva Mod, uh, having a two year first look deal with HBO. That's that's huge, right, Mary? What do you think? I'm hyped for it. I mean, I just feel like it's, and I mean, obviously we're going to get more into this with our second topic in this regard, but I just want to say how, and I feel like we've we've been using the word refreshing, (laughs) Um, but it really does apply. It's really, we went from kind of being barren when it comes to like black content and just people who are dedicated to telling black stories to now it's like, becoming more and more common and I'm here for it, honestly. So I think Tessa will, if, if the roles that she's played that have really been, you know, prime examples of black excellence are any indication, I'm like super hyped for what's going to come when she actually has like creative license and, and control. Fair enough. Fair enough. Bailey. I just want to see the projects behind it already. That's what I'm, that's what I'm interested in. 
First project is announced as 50 Asian bitches. Stop. I'm really taking you seriously. <laughs> I'm like Tessa Thompson would never. I'm really you mad that, that Baylor looks out the window like the Asian bitches were at his car or something. <laughs> right, right. To a movie, to, to a movie that we might be getting to, like I, I can feel the officer. <laughs> your window. It's, hey, go ahead, bro. I'm gonna uh, get you, <laughs> Marquis. I gotta, I gotta get. I'm looking forward to. It. We're getting so much great content, and shout out to HBO. Like seriously, there's a lot of opportunity they're giving you know us, and they're promoting it and they're putting it out there. I think the second time that um, the massacre on Black Wall Street was shared was on their platform. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. So yeah, I'm all for it. I'm all for everything they're willing to share with us and anything we do because lately. We've been killing it. Yeah. We've been murdering shit, and it's some soulful shit. So I'm definitely down for it. Definitely, definitely, uh, and yeah. More of our stories need to be told. Uh, Tessa is somebody who you trust to to her her vision and just to to see what she does with the platform. Um, and you know, the thing about Tessa too is that you know a lot of people who when they get their own production companies, they end up starring in it themselves or whatever. I really can see Tessa having this company and giving it letting it be a platform for new black actors to kind of launch at. Mm. So that that's another thing that I can't wait to see. Um, and so I think as of right now, they're producing an adaptation of the book who fears death. Um, I, I haven't read it, so I don't even know what it's about, but you know, and book adaptations are a great way to start, especially when you're a production company. So, you know, it, it remains to be seen. Well, I don't know how to read. So <laughs> the green ranger you know. doesn't know how to read. I don't know how to read good. <laughs> I just kill shit. I don't know. Yeah, he, de- he, de- he definitely don't know how to read the room. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the room. I am the room. I, I am the room. Right, well, hey, when it's all said and done. There you go. Well, you know, look, as long as there's no Asian pieces left around, you know. Yo, we're leave good. them. Yo, can we leave them alone? Okay. <laughs> no. We about to get flagged. <laughs> Last topic in this segment, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, a new film starring Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. It's premiering at Sundance 2021. Did you guys get to watch the trailer? No. You're on mute, Mary. You're on mute, Mary. <laughs> I said, oh my God, I've been waiting for this movie for like a freaking year. And a different trailer had come out like a year ago, and now they just made a new one because they pushed the date up. Well, first of all, it was supposed to come out in November. I was super pissed off, like gorilla mad, that that got pushed back. And gorilla mad. I really was. And I'm very happy that I don't know if it's the Black History Month thing or what, but they decided because it was supposed it got pushed back to even later. But we now will have it in February, and in light of that announcement, they released a separate trailer. And it just looks like it's going to be... There's no way this movie's not amazing. I hope I don't eat these words. But honestly, between the two of them, and like just the passion that you see in the freaking trailer, like I cannot see this not... I can't see me not being emotional in this movie. Especially, obviously, it's based on a true story and... You kind of know how it ends already, but you still, because of them two, want to see how it gets there. So I'm really hyped for this, like super hype. All right, Marky. Oh hell yeah! Um, 
So we, Mary and I had this conversation um, a little bit ago about how I feel watching certain movies, especially when it comes to I already know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? And being angry and everything. I'm, I already know this is going to be good. And I'm going to say that. I know this is going to be a great movie. It just comes down to if it's going to be classic or not. You know what I mean? It, the blueprint is there. Um, it's going to be great. The, everything we've seen so far, everything we've read so far, we know what's going to happen. They moved it up for a reason because they know this is some great shit. This is the perfect time to do it. But again, if it's going to be a classic, that's what's left to be seen. But I already know it's going to be great. I think um, we are in such a time where like our stories are being told and magnified more than what they ever have that it really feels like we get a piece of content that is for us every fucking two weeks. And it's an amazing time to just be beautiful and fucking black. And that's all I can say about it. Like this movie looks utterly amazing. Um, The cast looks great. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield is somebody who I really think like he is so versatile as an actor and we haven't even seen, he hasn't even scratched the surface yet. And then Daniel Kaluuya is just, I mean, he's been at the forefront basically since Get Out, and he deserves every bit of it. He's a phenomenal actor. I can't wait to see this movie. So, so just like um, the rap albums and the R and B albums, is there a bar? Because there has been some movies that has been out thus far that really has shook some shit up. Mm-hmm. American Skin, Miami. You know what I mean? You talking about so far this year? Is there a bar? Yeah, I think American Skin is it for me as far as so far this year. I'm trying to think what else. There was something else that I saw. Uh, no, I'm thinking Ma Rainey's, but that technically came out last year. That, so if we're talking about this one, year, that one night in Miami. Um, we'll talk about one night in Miami. We'll that. get into that at the. We'll get into that at the, at the. Go ahead. I gotta watch American Skin. Maybe I'll do it tonight if I could stay up. All right. The one with Tessa came out last year, or this year. Which one? Yeah, last year. Yeah, that was last Still year. Right? Okay. All right. All right. Okay. That was all December. Yep. All right. So okay, we can't compare all the movies though. It's, 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 I don't no, think we're. I don't think we're comparing. No, no, I'm thinking no, he's not, just saying not, as not a bar as far it. as quality, like as yeah. far as like the the best so far this year. And I Be- think that, because that that American Skin trailer was bananas. Yeah. Have you have you seen the full movie yet? I haven't seen it all yet. Okay. Actually, right. I know we're gonna review it next week. Right? All, yeah, we're reviewing it next week. All I'll say uh, is this: been. there have only been two movies ever in life that have made me cry. I bought my Gump fucking I bought my fucking ass. What did you say? Forrest Gump is one of them. Go ahead. No, I ain't never. I I I don't cry at white people. I just don't. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. um, All right, we're about to really get yeah. this, we're done. this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't me. It wasn't You're me. like I am not hey. sympathetic to the plight of the white man. Uh, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Then enters in his dad. Fuck. <laughs> 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 so doing now? the white bashing because I, I I love my dad. I love so. my dad too. I love I love my father. Uh, uh, he'll understand it. Uh, so let's let's don't get tell it. Tell your dad you don't care about white. <laughs> I didn't know those two movies. I didn't know those two movies. The one oh, so uh, Brian so, Brian's song is one, and then the other. I'm not telling you the other. I'll tell y'all off air. Because if I tell you the other, it's, it's never going to fucking end. Um, <laughs> but, Our listeners want to know. Not going to happen. I'm not doing it. It's not going to happen. Yo, we missed one week off. Come back to this, yo. I'm just saying. <laughs> I got a documentary up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. 
All right, so finish your thought. No, so, what, what, so you were saying only two movies made you cry, only and American Skin was not one of them. So no, American Skin was one of them. That's, no, I'm saying before before American Skin, only two movies that ever made me cry. American Skin was the third. Okay. 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 Now that makes sense. Yeah. So after the break, we're gonna hear about that documentary, and during the break, we're gonna hear about your other film. No. The, the Baylor Baylor's documentary. Oh, Baylor, you got a documentary? Yeah, it's the the Night Stalker. All right, I'm just done. All right, we're going to break. When we come back, we're going to be reviewing One Night in Miami. We'll be right back after this stop. (laughs) No, wait, no. Y'all niggas is laughing. I'm dead serious. I'm Seth in the Sweats. I'm Easy in the Suits. And you are now listening to Sweats and Suits Podcast. Now catch us every Monday, this Monday, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Network, Spreaker, as well as UrbanMogulLife.com. Shout out to the moguls. Now give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! All right, so we're back. Uh, so me and the crew were having a discussion. Uh, it, it went geared towards One Night in Miami. Um, I got hot takes, and so we decided we were going to let, let this be the last conversation uh, of the show. One night in Miami. Who wants to take this one away first? I'm not, so don't even ask. I'm going to sh- save my thoughts. Uh, but who wants to take this one away first? Man, when he told Jim Brown, you know we don't allow niggas inside the house. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> what? That shit, A.O. <laughs> Come on, Hayes. <laughs> Come on. But I would love to see. I would love to be in that room when... When Malcolm and, and Sam was going, matter of fact, when they was on the rooftop, mm-hmm. they was on the rooftop. I need, I need that exchange right there. Okay, all right. Who else wants to go? Is that it, Baylor? Yeah, that's it. Okay. I mean, it was great. I, I thought. I mean, it was right there in that realm that we keep speaking of, of like our stories being told from a different dimension that we may not have known. Right? Like, I mean, okay. So for me. I think I'm pretty close to those stories because my mom is a Southern black woman. So like I grew up with her putting on Sam Cooke when she was cleaning the house. Like, um, you know, obviously I, you know, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X aside from seeing the Denzel movie. Um, so I was very familiar with like Alex Haley telling his story with a lot of the stories that he told, you know, in the movie, all that good stuff. I definitely knew about Cassius Clay before becoming Muhammad Ali, the craziness with Elijah Muhammad, just all that, right? Um, Jim Brown's story might be the the one that I knew less about going in, but the weird thing is I was actually at his, the movie premiere of his, the Spike Lee made documentary and fell asleep there, but that's a whole other story for another day. Anyhow, um, so long story short, I went into that obviously with some background on all of them and you know the relationship and what was going on at the time. And I still felt like I got a history lesson, right? Um, I felt like Leslie Odom did a freaking amazing job as Sam Cooke. And he really sang all those songs himself and did a beautiful job of it. So kudos to him. Um, I feel like everyone's talking about dude that played Malcolm X as the breakout star. And don't get me wrong. He did a decent job. I think, number one, anybody in that role is going to be up against some harsh criticism because for the culture, Denzel is Malcolm X. (laughs) Like, I don't think anyone could ever play him any better than Denzel did. Um, But in the beginning of the movie, I swear, I was thinking to myself, dude is giving me Obama vibes instead of 
Malcolm X. Oh, he then, would be great if for Obama well, biopic. He, he did. He he was so I found out later that he was recording another movie where he played Obama at the same time that he was filming that. Mm. So it made sense and I feel like he kind of probably didn't get out of character as Obama. <laughs> in some of those scenes um, in One Night in Miami. So, but he still did a great job. And as it unfolded, I mean, a lot of the emotions captured were, I felt spot on. I feel like no one's giving enough credit also to dude who played Muhammad Ali. I mean, that is not yeah, an easy accent to master at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the emotions and the uncertainty that he also was, you know, like it, it felt genuine. I felt like the chemistry between all of them really did feel genuine. Um, the story was told so beautifully. I mean, you felt like you were a fly on the wall in the room with them. And I felt like that was really like an invaluable perspective. Um, I mean, the use of music, the Bob Dylan analogy, like, I, I don't know. I can't, I don't understand what there is to not like. So I can't wait to hear your bashing of it and justification. Fair enough. Marky. Um, so I wouldn't put this movie, um, I wouldn't actually classify it as a movie. I think Ma Rainey um, Fences takes fear and puts it in front of us with actors. I think Regina King did a great job of creating a conversation that no one really knows 100% what really happened. But if that's the direction that conversation went in, I'm sorry. I felt so many emotions watching, listening, and imagining just being a part of that, what would you say? How would you respond? Or how, how would it impact you telling you you sold out, but you're still, I, I, when, he, when he told Sam Cooke, like, you're selling for them. But I also employ people. I hire black people. I, I promote black people. You know what I mean? This is what I'm doing for people. Muhammad Ali, basically 22 years old, being a voice of reason. And yeah, he's the most, and he created his character from a wrestler, but still, he still had to perform, you know? The, the conversation of going to actually becoming Muslim off the guidance of Malcolm and knowing he's going to leave him to the people that are going to kill him. Like, he knew this was going to happen. He already pro- prophesied his death. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, it was fucking brilliant. So, yeah, I know I'm looking at your face right now, and the fact that you're going to say something about this film that was damn near perfect is breaking my heart. So I'm about to cry like you did during that movie I'm not going to mention because you don't want your fans to know. So, go for it. Y'all ready? Go yeah. for it. I structurally agree with everything you guys have said. The movie is beautifully shot. The choice of music is great. The acting and the performances are amazing. The message in the movie is needed and purposeful and powerful as shit. My uh-huh. issue with this film is I'm tired of them taking historical figures and fabricating stories for the for a narr- narrative reason. This meeting that happened between them, none of this shit happened. More than likely, they got together, hired ice cream, and fucked bitches. The fact that, that, that they try to portray that Sam Cooke wrote A Change Is Gonna Come Because of a Conversation with Malcolm X, when in reality, he wrote that song after a run-in when, in which he was roughed up and arrested by police officers. That is a more powerful story. You sit there and you try to flip this narrative for your, for your own film, and that, to me, I think there's a more powerful story to be told in the real reason Sam Cooke wrote, this, wrote that song. For ex- and then also, with, with Malcolm X and... and, and um, 
Cassius Clay. Their felt their fallout actually happened later and it happened for a different reason. So my problem with this movie isn't the message. My problem with this movie isn't the performances. My problem with this movie is I'm tired of them taking historical people who were flawed individuals and trying to paint them in this way that they're mystical and everything else. I'm tired of the mystical Negro being what the only way that you can portray and get our stories across. The confrontation between Sam Cooke and Malcolm X was completely fabricated. The writer of the screenplay has said that he took that a, a, a situation that he was writing on Star Trek Discovery and put that in because he felt that it would it would make it would be stronger to see two historical figures go through something like that in which it was really just a story that he went through. Why can't we see why can't we see that story? Why can't we see that somebody in 2020 writing on a big time show is struggling and being called a sellout by his own people and decided to leave it and then write something as beautiful as this? Why can't that story be what's told? Why do we have to fabricate it and use powerful people from our our history and our culture to get to get a powerful story across when it can be like the thing the reason why i love american skin so much is because it didn't need to fabricate because those feelings and those emotions are real yes that narrative is fake but you didn't have to take real life people that we already have an attachment and that we feel that we know that they did so much for black people and and fabricate shit to make a movie more powerful that's my problem in this movie that's why i'm upset with it can I can I answer that, Hayes? Can I answer that, Hayes? Mm-hmm. First of all, you went off, okay? Yeah. Go, go ahead, go ahead and drop the mic. I don't even <laughs> want to use the same mic. Shit's on fire. But I agree with you. But the reason why I said I wanted to see that is because, well, let me just answer the question: Are we ready for the truth? Are you ready to see your heroes in 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 I would say in a bad light? Selma. Right the reason why I love Selma so much is because it painted it painted um, Martin Luther King as somebody like. But until then, every depiction of him has been perfect. The fact that they mm-hmm. actually showed his infidelity, and I talked about this on the, on the Awakened Soul. The fact that you can you can show that people can be flawed and still make movements, still create change, still have a have a have a good that's greater and bigger than themselves, and still be flawed people is more humanizing than anything else. Of course, we're ready for it. That's why a movie like that is so powerful. When you keep having having to put people in fake situations so that you can get your message across i think it really it, it kind of waters down the real life people we need to see those people are flawed when we live in a culture where people are ready to cancel you for any type of flaw that you have to show that these people who historically have done so much for us that we're still feeling to this day we're just as flawed as we are we need that i would say in general yes we do need that because unlike us four like that will actually like mary said she went back and, ju- and did some more research because until this movie came out, I've never heard about them four niggas linking up in a hotel room, chopping it up. Some shit that we all, all the fellas have done before. We've all rented a room or whatever, whether we was going out that night or something like that and linked up and talked. My thing is that I don't know if, if, if the black culture is ready to see that right now without them embellishing on it for us to go out and do the research. Okay, I'm asked this. Regardless, if, if imagine if this was fiction and this was just um, 100% fiction and these were conversations that happened amongst these four black people, mm-hmm. did it bother you? Like, that would that bother you, Hayes? No. No, and that my, okay. my problem is strictly rooted in the fact that they they used our historical figures for, for see, something that actually, people actually went through. But there's an actual exaggeration to everything we do. Even when it comes to music, our, our culture, there's an exaggeration. And the reason is, just like Cassius Clay, he has, is an exaggeration personified of a wrestler because 
He knew that he had to be the villain for people to follow and for him to be accepted. I have to be the villain. That's the only reason because people want her here to see me lose. So you're going to pay hundreds of dollars to watch me lose. Whatever happened in that room, we don't know. But someone interpreted that conversation and created a narrative to have people like us watch this movie and have a conversation afterwards. That's what I appreciate. Again, we have no idea what happened there. But I appreciate the fact that conversations are happening and the bar is still set. You may have, and, and you're more of a, um, you, 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 you knit things together because you have Asians in your basement. So you're going to do that. You know how components work. So you're going to pick things apart. But again, this Every part, time the Asians are mentioned, Baylor looks at the <laughs> It wasn't me. I cannot. You found me in the basement. Wasn't me. Um, but again, like I said, I, I think it's more the message. We know what happened with Malcolm X. We know the type of person he was. He was a lot more aggressive. He was a lot more, you know what I mean? This painted him a little bit different than he really was. But still, a conversation occurred. And we want to know more about it. The fact that Mary did research, people dug in to say, yo, this is some real shit. I want to know more about this. You know what I mean? That's all. I, I, that's what I really appreciate about it. That so, it, it we're allowing us to have these conversations. Go ahead. So, and I feel you, Marquis. But after Hayes, uh, I, I just combined Baylor and, and Hayes' name. Hayes. I on today. After Hayes' explanation... It goes, okay, so Marquis and I were having a conversation earlier about watching these kind of films with people who are not black, right? Mm -hmm. And here's the deal with that, with that. And I think what we didn't even say, Marquis, to we, like in our conversation, is these people are not going to go and do the research. They're going to mm -hmm. watch that movie and really think this should happen or take it as face value. Mm -hmm. So I do think Hayes raises a good point that this is dangerous. Yeah. We are critical thinkers on this show. We pride ourselves on that. So we're going to go and see, like, hmm, something about this doesn't add up based on what we already know. Let's go and see what the real deal was. But and that's the first thing that popped in my head. aren't doing that. No, that's what I'm saying. That, and that's where I side with Hayes because, but I, I understand where Mary comes from because when I finished watching the movie, the first thing that popped in my head was like, well, how tight were they? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And let me go research and see how close were they and how long and who was friends first, this, that, and the third for them to be linking up like this. But what Hayes is saying is 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 right, though, because I, I honestly don't, just don't think we're ready. I don't think we're ready to 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 hear the the truth, like the, the, the filth, the details of our leaders, mm -hmm. because they never got the respect in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I, and maybe and maybe maybe this movie came from, like, yo, I'm just trying to uplift my my culture. You know so what I mean? Do you want our people to see the the real peeled back, raw, unadulterated, unadulterated? You know, that's right now. I that's a, I do, and the reason okay. and like the reason why I do want that is because. Like what I said before, we live in a, in a time where they're trying to cancel us for everything. I think it's mm -hmm. an important message to say that you can be flawed and still be powerful. You can be flawed and still cause a movement um, that changes people's lives for decades after you. When you try to make mm -hmm. people these, these, I'm tired of the Mr. <clears throat> Negro. I'm just, I'm just tired of okay. it. Okay. I'm just tired and, of it. And I'll say this. Here's the double standard. Because Barack couldn't do anything. Trump did everything he wanted to. Mm. You see the narrative? Mm -hmm. The way we're treated, the way the expectation of what we're supposed to do, even from black men. Obama basically is the worst president in history from black men's perspective because he didn't do anything for black people. We know so, what happened, but that's their perspective. But Trump did everything he wants. He told you, he's basically told you 
He's a white supremacist. No one gave a fuck about that. So the narrative is completely different when it's told from and viewed from, viewed by who? You see what I'm saying? So we're going to tear each other down because black people are more critical of black people than white people are. Mm, so what you say, Marquise, is that if they did, and, and to Hayes' point, if they did tell the truth, it's going to we're going to watch it. You and then what? I mean? But then that gives them more ammo to tear us down as well. Fucking right. This is your hero? Your, they, Dr. Martin Luther King was an adulterer? Like, are you, this yeah. is who you're following? Yeah, nah, we're good. We're going to put more shit on him. That's my fear. It's a fucked up double-edged sword, but how do we get we out of the situation we we're in right now? Because we don't hear about that J. Edgar Hoover shit. Hell no. We don't hear none of that shit. I mean, the thing is, and I mean, you're right. And, and I, you know, that is a perspective I can't, I can't deny. Because when you have someone who's sitting in office who said, grab her by the pussy... Um, I'm I mean, yeah. I'm the, I'm the least racist person in this room, and you're talking to the black commentator in front of you. No one's uh, I don't know about I don't know about the stand least. down, stand by, proud boys. No one says shit. He's holding a book like Hitler. Again, Obama basically had to verify that he was from Hawaii or born in the country. That was a fucking issue. Yeah, it was. This is the double standard. That's what I'm saying. I understand. There's certain layers. We're, we don't need to give them any more ammunition than they have right now. That's all I'm saying. But then is the, can the ammunition not be you're trying to paint your heroes as perfect, but we know that they weren't? Isn't that, isn't that equal ammo? I, I didn't I, see them as perfect in this movie, though. I saw them all flawed. True. In the conversation, you didn't know who was right or who was wrong. You couldn't side with anyone because everyone was right. You can't say Sam Cooke was a sellout because he was providing jobs. Which part were you providing opportunity for black people? The reason one of his artists actually made it because he couldn't make it on his own. I gave your song to a rock and roll band. He went number one. You were pissed, but he made money for it. So what's right or wrong? You know what I mean? Who's the decider? Right. I agree. The events may not have been, you know, all completely accurate, but the narrative still was one of struggle. It wasn't like one of perfection. And it, it was a story to take away today. Like you are your brother's keeper. You know what I'm saying? We all have to hold each other accountable to be advancing the movement <laughs> and right. to be woke. When he said, this is cool, but we out here dying every day. Every day we're dying. What are we doing about that? Yes, you can make millions of dollars doing this, whatever like that, but we're dying every day. We're at war. That's real. And I imagine yeah. back then it's still real now. The reason these people, people don't give a fuck when we get killed by cops. Nothing happens. It's just a narrative. Cops get off. It's buried on Twitter. We move on. We're dying every fucking day and nothing is still happening. So something has to happen. A conversation happened. And that conversation happened. It was put on a pedestal. It was served to us by Regina King. And yeah, it may have been fabricated, but there was a message in it. I'm taking what I want from that and I'm building on that. And it made me angry, but I had a conversation with you and you three dynamic brains to, to build upon that. And the next movie we watch, we're probably going to be even more critical and our expectations are going to be even high, and they just can't fuck up because we're going to demand more from our people. That's how I see it. And I'm going to enjoy my wine. <laughs> All right. Anything left? But but do, do you, I'm I'm glad I'm I'm glad that you guys see see where where my my I issue do. came in. At. I do. And, Please, honestly, yeah. And course. that's why I say that he's yeah, not. I'm honestly, not it, yeah. like the movie is amazing. It, the movie's amazing, but I it, my issues just are from that standpoint. But I can't deny the movie's fucking amazing. Like so. So really quick question: 
how often do you leave watching a movie still talking about it two days later? More, more so nowadays with our with our these movies. Days, these I, days, more so. Few. Yeah, but Not look at the film. But look at the films that we're talking about. Though. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's my point. We're creating some great shit. Yeah, and that's what I love. Because remember last week. We didn't have a full cast, and remember, we didn't talk about uh, when I had watched My Rainy's Black Bottom. Yeah, yeah. and oh. that was that when that shit was phenomenal and emotional. Mm-hmm. It's still, and I'm still talking about it. I'm still talking about it. And it came out when? It's what early December? Christmas, right? Was it yeah. early before Christmas? Yeah, before I think so. I think it's before Christmas. Yeah, and still that scene of of chadwick making it through that door and just resting against that wall still is like i i seriously need that printed on like a canvas i want that somewhere in the mm-hmm. studio because that's that just moment. yeah so yep we're in for a tough year emotionally with movies because next the what we what we're reviewing next week with american skin man that shit right there <laughs> oh man there it's so Make- powerful that it's one of those movies that at the end you kind of just have to stop and be like, "Fuck." Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll we'll be reviewing that next week. Um, that's it. This has been another episode of the Breaks Radio. Uh, great movie in uh, One Night in Miami. Uh, great cast. I, I can't wait to see what like these actors do now. Well, and let's let's not deny the greatness of Aldous Hodge because like he quietly kills almost every performance he's in and the reason why he's not a bigger star i have no fucking idea um but uh yeah yeah uh mary give him your social media let's get the hell up out of here any parting words (laughs) um i mean what else is there to say after all this i feel like uh we're having a moment but i'm at miss mary almonte on all social platforms if you want to talk about it some more If you need therapy, um, and you can follow at Young Urban Moms for uh, parenting talk. So stay tuned. You're not going to plug Just Spice? Oh, yeah. That too. Yeah. Just Spice if you want to talk about oh, I'll plug yeah. Just Spice yeah. already. There you go again. There he goes again. Snuck that layup in. Left hand layup. Yes. <laughs> or if you want to get hooked up with my hot friends, I don't know. <laughs> Ain't that They're shit. all available too, by the way. Anyway. Anyway, go ahead, Baylor. You can find me married as fuck. Ad <laughs> uh, <laughs> babies are great on all social media platforms. These niggas laughing at my PTSD. <laughs> These niggas is cruel. <laughs> These are some cruel ass people right here. <laughs> let me just say, let me just say, I'll accept all the jokes, but I remember. You know, as a seven-year-old walking past the TV and hearing hearing about the the Night Stalker, and so finally seeing this nigga face on TV, that shit shook me up a little bit. Mm. Outside of that, Black Power and <laughs> <laughs> all love to the Asians out there. <laughs> Marky. Oh my God! So you know what? I'm gonna do something different. I'm going to take this time to thank all of you. Number one, fuck me. Fuck my social media profile, whatever. Hayes, great platform. I appreciate you. The fact that I'm on this, I'm actually being having conversation with enlightened people, not just black people, but people. Mary, obviously, you know you're everything to me. So I appreciate you being a part of my life. Baylor, you're the funniest person I've ever met. Oh, my God. 
I don't know where the line from psychotic to genius is drawn with you, but you know what? I love every bit of it. Today is a new day. We got a new president. Hopefully we begin something great. And this year we started off with great content. Hopefully conversations happen, still continue to occur. But other than that, I expect, and I hope I'm not disappointed with the greatness that's to come. I appreciate you. I love you all. Ain't nothing you can do about it. And that, my friend, was a trailer to that one night on Skype. <laughs> oh, I think you just titled the episode. I think you just titled the episode One Night on Skype. Um, uh, you guys can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. Finally, that on every platform again. Somebody tried to steal my CEO Hayes name on Instagram. It took me two years to get it back. So I'm finally glad that I'm back to CEO Hayes on everything. Uh, you can follow us collectively at The Breaks Radio. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, thebreakradio at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to send us a voicemail, you can do so at 614-547-2039. Uh, to piggyback off what Marquis said, we got a great year ahead of us. I can't wait to see what the content uh, brings. I just, I, I'm glad that this team settled into what it is because we can turn anything into gold content-wise, especially when we get to being on different sides of things. So it's going to be a great year uh, for the Berks Radio. Uh, that's it. We're signing off this bitch. Peace. Go Green Ranger. Go. <laughs> Lee, Jing, cut off the camera. Mr. President, Dr. Biden, Madam Vice President, Mr. Emhoff, Americans and the world. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade. The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace, and the norms and notions of what just is isn't always just is. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge our union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gazes not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first. We must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true. That even as we grieved, we grew. That even as we hurt, we hoped. That even as we tired, we tried. That we'll forever be tied together, victorious. Not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. 
Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promised glade, the hill we climb, if only we dare it, because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it, would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy. And this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith we trust, for while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption. We feared it at its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour, but within it we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So while once we asked, how could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert, how could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be, a country that is bruised, but whole, benevolent, but bold, fierce, and free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens. But one thing is certain. If we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with every breath from my bronze-pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the West. We will rise from the wind-swept Northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked South. We will rebuild reconcile and recover in every known nook of our nation, in every corner called our country, our people diverse and beautiful will emerge battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it. For there is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. Wow. How's that for a national debut? Most of us will remember where we were when we heard Joe Biden take the oath of office, give his inaugural address. We will all remember when we heard Amanda Gorman speak to the world as America's first national Thank youth you, poet laureate. Hi everyone, George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. If you'd like to get more videos, show highlights, and watch live event coverage, click on the right over here to subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to download the ABC News app for breaking news alerts. Thanks for watching.